Hello, and welcome to the Methods of Rationality podcast. Today we bring you the second half of 1984, written by Blue Shift, read by Ineash Brodsky. After that day, Twilight's work colleagues noticed a change in her. There was a spring in her step every morning. She would come into work early and get down to business without a single complaint. She would even tag along on many of the extracurricular activities that were organized. Every pony was delighted and thought she had finally become happy and learned how to make friends. Nothing could have been further from the truth. Twilight had been spurred on by her newfound hatred for Trixie, and every evening and weekend snuck off to the cottage on the outskirts of Ponyville for more vitriol-filled argument sessions with the Blue Mare. If there was a spring in her step, it was due to the constant knowledge that she was the ultimate rebel defying the system in ways no others could even conceive. She spent spare moments at work thinking of Trixie, devising new insulting words to call her and ways to express more fully her dislike. Once she had come across a copy of Nightmare Moon's book. This was a copy of the thoughts and teachings of the rebel Nightmare Moon. Twilight had taken it to Trixie in the cottage that evening in hopes that they could read it together and defy the system even more. After calling her stupid, Trixie had revealed that she also had a copy of the book. In fact, they had been given away free that morning in the Canterlot Market by the Order of Celestia. She had decreed that every pony should have an opportunity to be exposed to other methods of thinking, just in case hers was wrong, and then all ponies could judge for themselves what was best. That's just the sort of thing Celestia would do. Twilight had scowled. She wasn't fooled by the princess's openness and generosity one bit. As it happened... The book had been really long and pretty boring. They had both fallen asleep halfway through the first page. Day after day, week after week, month after month, Twilight and Trixie came to that cottage to grasp their blissful moments of mutual dislike. It was too good to last. One bright summer's evening, Twilight had turned up to the cottage as normal, eagerly awaiting her time with Trixie. Her earlier paranoia had relaxed somewhat. She felt entirely comfortable with the situation. Trixie had greeted her with her usual barrage of insults, and then Twilight proudly presented her with a gift. It's for you! Twilight chirped, holding out a snow globe. It's a present just for you! Trixie glared at the snow globe, shaking it. The snow inside had congealed and was stuck to the top. This is horrible! She cried, hurling it at the window, which shattered. Twilight clapped her hooves together happily. I knew you'd hate it! She smiled, before quickly adding, You ass! A tear dripped down Trixie's eye. 
That's so thoughtful, Twilight. You know how Trixie hates snow and globes, and especially snow globes. She trailed off. You fathead. Mud hooves. Twilight spotted a small corner of the once immaculate cottage that the two ponies had not trashed, and carefully making her way over the broken crockery, picked up an antique chair and hurled it at Trixie's head. Show off, nerd! Trixie deftly ducked as the chair shattered into splinters against the wall. You are the worst pony, Twilight Spackle. Twilight hopped over a broken sofa and, grasping a light fitting, swung over to Trixie, landing on the blue mare's back. That's not very original, though I'd expect it from such a dunderhead. Trixie winced as Twilight yanked on her mane, tipping over to dislodge Twilight. The two mares grabbing with each other in the mess of the cottage, their faces pressed up against each other in anger as they continued to trade insults. Foal, braggart. Tiny horn! Big flank! Numbskull! Lemon! Um... They froze. That last utterance had not come from either of them. Heart-stopping, they turned as one towards the open doorway in shock. Standing with open mouth was a yellow pegasus, a large rucksack slung over her back, looking at the shattered mess that was the inside of the cottage. What have you done to my house? She squeaked. Twilight swallowed hard. From the size of the bag on the pony's back, she had been away for some time. She and Trixie had become too complacent, too relaxed, and paid the price. They had been caught. It's like this, she began, then looked at Trixie. Hoof it! The two ponies leapt toward opposite windows, scurrying out of the cottage in a shower of glass. Twilight kept running. She didn't look back. Twilight staggered back through the main gates of Canterlot Castle an hour later, mane caked in sweat. She didn't know where Trixie had run to, but hoped she had escaped. Actually, she hoped she had got captured. She really hated that pony. The guards at the gates just smiled and waved at Twilight. Obviously, the message about her rebellion had not reached them yet. She was running out of time. She knew the hoof of Celestia reached far. Soon, there would be no place for her to hide. If she could get back to her room, though, collect her emergency satchel that was full of maps and rations and various survival implements... Perhaps she could hide out in the wilderness, eke out an existence on the boundaries of civilization. Her hopes were dashed. As she raced towards the living quarters, she saw a group of guards whispering to each other and staring at her. She slowed to a trot and started to smoothly walk in the opposite direction in the hope that she was mistaken and could slip away. She had no such luck. With a cry of, Hey, Twilight! Stop! The guard started to run after her. 
With a squeak of terror, she bolted as fast as she could towards the only other place in Canterlot she could call home. Shining Armor, help! Every head in the office turned as Twilight bolted in the door, her mane frazzled and her eyes wide as she turned to push a desk in front of the door. They're after me! The oppressive state is finally showing its true colors, a hoof stamping on a pony's muzzle forever! The door bulged violently as the guard slammed against it. Twilight shook her confused brother. Please, you've got to hide me! I don't want to be taken to room 101! The weight of the guards finally pushed the desk out of the way, and they piled into her office. Twily, I'm sure we can sit down and talk about this. Shining Armor looked at his sister with deep concern, trying to pat her on the shoulder. Twilight was having none of this, slapping his hoof away as she backed toward the window. Her face wrinkling in agony, Twilight gazed at her ineffectual brother and the guards ready to take her away. None of her friends raised a hoof to help her. She swallowed hard, her vision blurry as she felt the walls closing in. There was just one thing to do. Run, goodness knows where. She started to croon in a warbling voice to a half-remembered tune. I'm a poor refugee and I might as well be on the moon. One of the guards looked more than concerned as he leaned in to shining armor. Holy Celestia, is... is she singing? Why is she singing? Shining armor nodded grimly. I'm afraid she is. She does that sometimes. Hot tears started to trickle down Twilight's cheeks as she clambered onto the windowsill. They would not take her. They could not break her. Still, why should I care? I had it all in one grand afternoon. Her solo finished, she leapt out the window to her doom. Shining armor and several guards popped their heads out of the window to peer down. Twilight looked up at them half a meter below, tangled in a large mesh net and feeling quite silly. I'm glad I didn't take that net down. Shining Armor muttered to himself. He had always been quite worried about his little sister. Fine. Twilight slowly clambered back in through the window, shaking off any helpful hooves offered to her. She glared darkly at the guards, and then to all the onlooking ponies. This proves everything, though. We are slaves to Celestia. I've done nothing wrong, committed no crime, and now they've come to take me away. My only crime was to dislike another pony, and for that, they will deny me my liberty. Uh, actually, that's fine. You're not in trouble for that. The head guard looked at Twilight with a puzzled expression. Why would you think that? Oh. Uh, well then. <clears throat> Twilight coughed, then looked even more angry. See, he admits I've done nothing wrong, and yet here they come to arrest me. No, we're here because you vandalized Fluttershy's cottage. The guards exchanged glances, then turned their attention back to Twilight. Ah, uh, that. Twilight crossed her hooves in embarrassment, feeling her cheeks redden. It, it was a casualty in the fight for liberty. 
The head guard pulled out a rectangle of card from the pocket of his armor, passing it toward Twilight. Also, we're not here to arrest you, Twilight. Fluttershy isn't pressing charges. She did want to give you this, though. She thought it might help if you got... help. Twilight looked at the card with dumbstruck horror. This was worse than being arrested. Worse than death, even. This was the one thing she had feared above all else. Party invitation. Dear Twilight Sparkle, you are invited to a party! Place, room 101, the Ministry of Love. Time, tonight, 8 till late. B-Y-O-B. She looked grim. There was no escape. Refusing an invitation was really, really rude. The Ministry of Love was not a difficult place to find. It filled the entirety of the North Tower of Canterlot Castle. The whole building was painted bright pink and festooned with balloons and bunting. Twilight knew that if she entered, she was doomed. But to refuse a party invitation was just unthinkable. Stealing herself, she marched inside. Almost immediately, her senses were assaulted by a blast of music. Hundreds of ponies were milling about the reception, which was decorated like a beach for some reason. The air was filled with laughter and chatting, and various nibbles were laid out on tables scattered around. Twilight, darling! Twilight's head jerked around in surprise as she spotted a familiar pony sipping juice from a coconut shell. Oh, Rarity, they got you too! Hmm? Rarity blinked, motioning Twilight to come over and offering the purple pony a flowery garland. Oh no, I just dropped by for a hoof polish. You should try it sometime. Slapping the garland away, Twilight's vision focused on a huge wooden doorway at the far end of the room. No time, Rarity. The totalitarian dictatorship has discovered my desperate revolution, and I've been summoned to room 101, where their best interrogators will do their best to break me. But I will not break, Rarity. I will resist, and so will you. The effect was spoiled somewhat, as Rarity reached the bottom of her coconut and started making loud sucking noises. Twilight smartly saluted Rarity and marched toward her destiny. Hello? Twilight poked her head through the forbidding door to room 101. Inside was silent, pitch blackness. Her mind raced with the horrors that she would find that had been haunting her nightmares for so long. Hello? It, it's me, Twilight Sparkle. I, I didn't bring a bottle because I'm a rebel. There was just darkness. And then an unfamiliar voice. We've been expecting you, Twilight Sparkle. Come in, come in! Heart-thumping, Twilight slowly trotted into the room, hooves stumbling in front of her at every step in case she trod in some terrifying trap. 
All she could hear was her own ragged breathing, desperately casting her eyes about for any flicker of light with which to see by. There was none. Suddenly the room exploded in light and color and music, and blinking, Twilight found herself in the middle of a room festooned in party decorations and balloons, with a huge central table full of cake and ice cream and jelly. Sitting beside the table was a strange, frizzy-maned pink pony with a huge grin on her face and wearing a sparkly party hat. Surprise! Twilight's full shock was saved for the sullen-looking blue mare who was also sitting at the table. Oh, Trixie, they caught you as well. Who do you think told them where to find you? Trixie was not about to face this alone. Twilight was slightly taken aback at this. Bitch! Idiot! Now, now, girls. Now, now. The pink pony waved her hooves to silence the two arguing unicorns. Let's sit down and try to work through your issues. Pinkie Pie's the name and parties are my game! She motioned for Twilight to sit, which she did grudgingly, before continuing. When my good friend Fluttershy came back from a long holiday, she was really sad. She doesn't mind any pony using her cottage. That is why it's always unlocked. But she was upset that you broke everything. That was her fault. She started it. Twilight was about to defend herself when Pinkie Pie carried on talking. So Fluttershy said to me, Hey, Pinkie, these two ponies are obviously upset. Perhaps they need a special party to cheer themselves up. And I was all, well, I am in charge of parties, so perhaps I'll put on an extra special private party for these ponies and see what all the fuss is about, because you can fix everything with a party! She stopped to catch her breath. It won't work, you know. Twilight started to munch on a nearby cream donut, covered in sprinkles. You won't break us with this torture. We'll escape and overthrow this tyrannical dictatorship. Free healthcare? Free education? High standards of living? Jobs for all? Pah! These are just meaningless, fickle things to help cement Celestia's lust for power. She thumped a hoof down on the table, dislodging a stack of scones. Change! That's what ponies want. The freedom to be wrong. The freedom to say that two plus two is apples. Trixie glanced across to Twilight. She's an idiot! She explained to Pinkie Pie. Pinkie Pie looked slightly puzzled, slurping on a large strawberry milkshake. But Twilight, in last year's annual election, every pony voted for Princess Celestia to be ruler. In fact... She trailed off, rifling through several reams of paper which suddenly appeared in front of her. Every single pony in Equestria, bar one, voted for her. Well, I didn't. Twilight snapped before looking at Trixie quizzically. Wait, only one pony voted against her? Trixie shrugged. Trixie thinks she has excellent social care policies. You know, Twilight... Pinkie Pie passed Twilight a bowl of jelly, which Twilight grudgingly accepted. Maybe revolution isn't the best hobby for you. Have you tried magic? Or friendship? I bet you could make loads of friends! I don't have any friends. Twilight munched on her jelly accusingly. I know what you're trying to do, Pinkie Pie. You're just a tool of the system. Sure you have friends! Pinkie Pie vanished beneath the table and popped up behind Twilight and Trixie, 
pushing the two together. You have each other! What wonderful friends! What? Twilight spluttered, half choking on jelly. I hate Trixie. Our mutual loathing is what drew me to her. Agreed. Trixie enjoys hating Twilight every evening for the past few months. Trixie would not know what she would do if she couldn't hate Twilight's stupid fat face. It's funny, but... Pinkie Pie pulled an exaggerated, quizzical expression. Usually, if a pony doesn't like another pony, they just ignore them. They don't go out of their way to spend every available moment with them. She started to stroke her chin. So, do you two call each other names? Twilight and Trixie nodded slowly. Do you... Pinky thought for a bit. Do you pull each other's manes and chase each other around and around? Yes! See, Pinky, see how deep-rooted our loathing for each other is? We get into little wrestling matches and slap each other's hindquarters and all sorts of stuff that proves our dislike. Also, sometimes we have sleepovers and stupid Twilight snores. And she leaves half the breakfast I cook for her the next morning. That's because it's always burnt. She stopped her next tirade in mid-sentence, however, as both ponies noticed Pinkie Pie smiling and laughing with glee. So cute! Pinkie grinned, clapping her four hooves together. That's just what little fools who like each other in the playground do. Don't be absurd. I hate Trixie. Just the other week, it was her birthday, and I spent hours picking out a present I knew she'd be sure to hate. And she did! Trixie joined in, nodding smugly. And I bet she was happy she hated it! Pinkie sidled up to Twilight. Hey, Twilight, what about this, eh? Twilight flinched as Pinkie whipped something out. It wasn't some sort of state torture device, though, but instead a slice of cake on a plate. This cake is the last remaining slice of the most delicious cake ever baked. The sweetest sugar, the candiest candy. It even has those little silver ball things on this cake, but they're edible. She held the cake up, and Twilight could feel her taste buds starting to water at the sight. What do you want? The sweat began to prick on Twilight's forehead. She looked between Trixie and Pinky, and then back to the cake, confused. Is this some sort of torture? No, silly! You can have it! Pinky started to offer the cake, with its scrumptious-looking jam and cream and icing. And then she paused. But if you eat it, that will be the last slice of cake, and no pony else will have it anymore. Just you, Twilight. Twilight started to tug at her mane. The cake was being offered to her without any catch. Despite the richness of party food on the table, she knew in her heart that the cake was sweeter and more delicious than anything else, than all of it put together. And yet... No, I don't deserve the cake! She felt a tear start to trickle down her cheek. Give give it to Trixie! Give Trixie the cake! She deserves it more than me! She's such a wonderful, special pony! Trixie looked at Twilight dumbfounded, her mouth agape. Thank you! She half-wept, holding out a hoof for the cake. 
That's the nicest thing any pony has ever done for Trixie. Her hoof froze halfway toward the cake. No, Twilight Sparkle should have the cake. She has been such a good friend to Trixie, and Trixie never realized it before today. The two unicorns looked into each other's eyes for what felt like the first time. Meanwhile, Pinkie Pie, her own resolution broken, quickly and guiltily scoffed down the last slice of cake. Two weeks later, Twilight Sparkle sat in the middle of a bustling cafe in the middle of Canterlot. Outside, the birds were singing in a brilliant blue sky, and all around her was the laughter and chat of a happy populace. She slowly sipped her coffee with contentment. A cry went up from the doorway, and a blue pegasus barreled in, his mane unkempt and eyes excitable. Peace! Peace in our time! Princess Celestia has made up with her sister! They both sat down and settled their differences and agreed to rule together in a transitory government until a new election can be held! The cheer from the ponies surrounding Twilight was as loud as it was instant. Twilight found herself putting down her cup to cheer as well. Only this time, it came from a deep, genuine sense of happiness. That's nice, she thought to herself. Families are so important. It's wonderful that Princess Celestia has finally managed to sort everything out. Here's your stupid muffin. You wouldn't believe how hard it was to find this dumb flavor. Twilight turned with a grin as a sullen blue mare sat beside her, passing over a raspberry and chocolate muffin. Oh, Trixie. Twilight leaned over to kiss Trixie on the cheek with a contented nuzzle. You say the nicest things. Life was good. She was finally happy. She had been so caught up in worrying about how the state affected other ponies' lives that she had forgotten to live herself. Sometimes, there really was nothing to rebel against. Twilight had won the battle against herself. She loved Trixie. Thank you to the following people. Twilight Sparkle by Ginny DiGiuseppe. The Great and Powerful Trixie by Melissa Kessler. Pinkie Pie by Cammy Adams. Rarity by Morgan Danielle. Guard by Dwayne Bradle. Fluttershy by Brooke Davis. Shining Armor, voiced by Max S. Excited Pony by Drake Walker! This chapter's original text, production notes, and attribution links along with archives and much more, can be found at hpmorpodcast.com. Some sound effects used are courtesy of the Free Sound Project. Today's music is Blue Skies by Maxine Sullivan. Thank you for listening, and come back in two weeks for Words of Love, Soft and Tender. Nothing but blue